to the Coaches Impact Podcast. Our mission is to get better OADB. That's right, on a daily basis. The Coaches Impact is the X's and O's of personal and professional growth. We'll talk about character, standards of excellence, core values, mindset, leadership, and many other topics on our way to living a growth mindset. Together, we'll embark on the journey of getting 1% better every day. Get ready to be inspired and gain insights into the power of coaching and the importance of cultivating a growth mindset. Get ready to broaden your impact. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Coaches Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Zeller. Today, we're heading back down memory lane for part two of Ham and Cheese. With the start of the UIL soccer season, I thought this would make for a great follow-up to our first conversation in Impact 007. Now that we're nearing the end of the first semester, we're going to touch on some of the previous topics and see how things are progressing for each of them. Like the first time, we're going to have some fun today. We're probably going to laugh a good bit and we'll most likely get off track from time to time because that's just what we tend to do. So bear with us. Okay, let's dive right in without the long introductions. If you didn't listen to part one, it might make more sense to stop here and go back to Impact 007 where you'll get the background, the introductions, and some of the topics that we're going to recover here today and just kind of see how they've progressed in the last three and a half months. So with all of that out of the way, welcome to the show, Ham and Cheese. Okay. I'm ready. Welcome to the show, Ham and Cheese. You, you, you said you were you said you were ready and as soon as I did that you took a drink. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that made me laugh. Well, I mean like, I, I you literally thought, said like, I'm ready pause. and then took a drink. Got it. Already derailed. And we're good. Okay, I'm ready. Welcome to the show, ham and cheese. Hey Zell. Hi Zell. All right, so this is gonna be fun. I wanted to follow up from our visit at the end of the summer before the school year started and see how things were going now that we are in season. So here we are, Kayla, you've got oh, about three and a half months of being a head coach under your belt. So let's just start with you. Tell us what that's what that's been like with the transition from assistant to the lead role has been like. Um, there is a lot of paperwork that I was not aware of that needed to happen. Other than that, though, it's it's been good to be able to, you know, start from the ground up um, and building my schedule, what practices look like um, and getting to know the girls on a different level, not as much, you know, on a friend to friend basis, I guess, kind of happened with an assistant. I was able to, you know, I didn't have so much priority on other things. And so it's been a challenge to be able to balance the two of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we, we might've talked about that last time with me and ham and how, having a ham as my assistant allowed me to really kind of get after it. Cause I knew she would be there. I think we talked about that. So yeah, that's an interesting difference when you move to that head coach, cause it's all on your shoulders. So you have to figure out what sort of accountability you want and, and then trust that, you know, somebody's behind you, hopefully kind of pick up the role that you knew as an assistant coach. Yeah. Good times for sure. Ham, how's the start of the year been for you and, and, here we are headed into another season. What what season is this for you? This is my 24th season. Awesome. 
24th. Um, it's been, it's been, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like not having Kayla there has been tough just because, I mean, she did so much, which I already knew, but also just that, you know, I can have some wacky ideas and Kayla was great about being like, no, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea or whatever, <laughs> or I think that's a great idea, but let's also do this or she would bring a million ideas. So that has been different. Um, and it's just weird not having her in the office, like not having that presence because she's such a big personality and she's yeah. so type A that, you know, it's weird. It's just, we, it's just different. Um, but I, you know, I'm lucky. I really lucked out. I'm not in a situation where I have people with me that don't want to be there. Not that Kayla is either, but, you know, people that want to be there that know soccer, that are motivated. Um and I, I've been really lucky that I got a great one again. Um, you know, and I still have SIP. SIP is still there. That brings some consistency to the program. It does. Two of the three return, and you just have a good replacement and keep on moving. That's it. And Kiki's great. She's she's learning. She wants to be a head coach, so it's sort of the same dynamic that Kayla had. She's invested. She wants to learn. She wants to grow. And she's like Kayla a lot in the sense that she'll just take responsibility of something and run with it. So it's done before I even have thought about, oh, I need to do that, you know. You mentioned Kiki, and I completely forgot about our summer conversation, I believe. Maybe it was late spring. Uh, Kiki mm. came from Mansfield High? She did. So just a straight train out of Mansfield High to Arlington Lamar. First you, yeah. then uh, Cheese, Nicasio, whatever. She's going to always be cheese to me. Me too. And now Kiki. So, yeah. That's, she, a, that's interesting. From, she was at Shaq, not last year, but year before. So that relationship building isn't as complicated right now for her because it's most of the kids that she knows. Um, and so she has insight on that level too. So it's been, um, it's been nice. But I do miss, I miss Chief. I miss you too. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so we were talking about assistance, so let's just stay right there, and, and you guys can uh, take this in whatever order you'd like, but let's just kind of talk about, Kayla, you're new, so you're, both of your assistants are new to you. It's a new system maybe for them. And then, Ham, you talked a little bit about um, already replacing and, and bringing you know, Kiki in and kind of getting up to speed. So just talk about the assistance role and where you think, you're, where you, think you are right now at this point in the season headed into week one. I'll go first on that one. Um, so I have two football coaches. Both of them are brand new to the sport, actually. So this is Laswell is my uh, JV varsity assistant, and then Kelsey is my JV2 assistant. Um, Kelsey was there last year, so he kind of got to see the transition from last year's coaching style to my coaching style. Um, and I think that he's fallen under that pretty well. He's eager to learn. He wants to learn. Um, and so that's I can't ask for anything more on that end. Um, when it comes to Laswell, I mean, he's been around in the district forever. He's been a coach for years. And so he has helped me tremendously on that end, whereas he might not necessarily know the soccer stuff, wants to know, eager to know, you know, ask the right questions. Um, but there's little things that I'm like, man, I don't know who to contact for this. And he's like, I'll call him right now, you know. And so yeah. that has helped me to get answers that I need quickly. Um, and then now it's just kind of pushing into my style and, you know, telling them the things that we need to build on and move on with. But 
for them not knowing anything about soccer, they've learned a lot in the last three and a half months. So good. Let me ask you real quick before we move to ham. So both of those are football guys. Uh, how long do you know roughly how long they've been teaching coaching? Kelsey is six, no, five years. This is, I think, going on his fifth year at Laswell. Man, he's been at an Arlington ISD for some time, around Janice, right? About how long you've been coaching? Yeah, he was at, um, he's got to be probably around the same. Okay, so you've got one veteran and, with me. and not necessarily a rookie, but early right. on in the career. How, okay. how long have you been teaching and coaching, Kayla? This will be my, I'm going on my seventh year. Okay, all right. So coming from football to soccer, what are some pros and cons that you see uh, as a new coach? Has it been a has it been a tough transition for you to take that leadership role? One being your first year as a head coach and two, you're leading two football coaches, which is just a different sport altogether than than girls soccer. Any challenges there? Yeah, I will say the biggest challenge on my end is that I'm trying to do it all and I need to learn to delegate and where to mm -hmm. delegate things. Um, so I just think that's my type A personality, but I know I need the help. I need to figure out exactly where they're most successful going to be helping me. Um, that would probably say is one of the challenges. The other one coming from football is the dynamics between girls and boys is so different. And yep. so I know that that's been a little bit of a challenge to that pushing my coaches to get out of their comfort zone as especially with, with girls, you know, they need an extra, you know, tap on the back of the shoulder. They need the positivity of a remark rather than a, you know, something so straightforward <laughs> that we can do in the football world. And so I, we're working on that and they're, they're getting better and better. And I think the more that the girls embarrass them a little bit, that they're, they're opening up too. So, yeah. <clears throat> We can come back around to that. It's so interesting because I can speak to that quite a bit. Ham, uh, what about you, your assistant setup, and then what do you, where do you think y'all are at as a team right now, a coaching team? Um, you know, our motto this year is trust the process, and they're, they're leaning into that. There's still moments where they, you know, you can tell that they question whether it's out loud or not, or not, they, they question something we're doing. We just try to always explain, make sure that there's a, they understand the method to what we're doing and why we're doing it, which we did with Kayla as well. Um, I think the hardest thing has been, I didn't get my, both my assistants are volleyball assistants, mm. both freshmen, A and B team. I didn't get them until mid to late October. So it was just me in the morning with about, I don't know, 35, 37 freshmen of varying levels of ability, um, which is like hurting cats a little bit. But it was um, tough to build relationships with those kids just because I felt like I was always underwater, just, mm -hmm. you know, trying to catch up. And then, oh, can you also watch this class? And um, no, I can't. I've got almost 40 kids out here. You know, and it was just, it's been, it was difficult trying to adjust to that. And then now that they're back, they don't know the levels that we have out there. They, they aren't used to seeing it because they haven't. So they haven't built those relationships. So when we're talking about tryouts. They're talking about the girls wearing numbers. And I'm like, we don't need to do that. Like, I know, I know all these girls. Well, we don't him. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. So that's something we're going to have to do, but you know, it's, it's been a challenge and I just tried to look at it as face it. it it's not going to change. 
just continue to move forward and build relationships with those kids. And, and that's all I could do. Yeah. When you talk about tryouts, um, yeah, it is, you know, I was talking about this not too long ago in my district, we have four soccer coaches per gender, uh, at both the 4A and the 6A school. I mean, that's insane. When you look back at, you know, when you and I were at Mansfield and, and Kayla, you were there playing, it, it was me as the head coach and one assistant. And, you know, we were pushing 70 kids every year easy. It's, I mean, it, it's challenging. And and to do that, and of course, we had one athletic period for all of that. You have two athletic periods, both of y'all? Okay. The one thing I was going to say toward tryouts, uh, Ham, because you, in your mind, you know what you have in your varsity group. You, you know the potential, you know, who, who's pretty much locked in on that group, um, who your bubble JV to varsity kids probably are. You know kind of who your JV1 and then JV2 kids. Do you all cut? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You, you probably have a decent idea of where everybody falls in that varsity uh, varsity bubble, JV1, mid-JV bubble, JV2, cut bubble. And I, I don't know, I th- and, and you may already do this, but if it were me, I'd probably have that on the board in a dry erase format and really allow them to look at that ahead of time and say, okay, he- here's the thing. Y'all go put your eyes on it and tell me where, where we might be wrong, who, who on these bubbles might be able to bounce up or down, um, and then who may be on the cut bubble is... It, it, do you all see something that maybe I don't see that's that's going to be something long term where where they're going to benefit by being on JV two and potentially growing? So instead of them trying to learn everybody, you already have that. You know, with three and a half months, you're, you're going to have that that presence and that feel, and they're going to help you fine tune each of those teams. And of course, you know, the teams are fluid, but you do have to make them at some point. So right. that may help you for sure. I like that. Um. I was taking notes. I did take one note. I think I'm going to come back to it in a second. But um, I was trying to think of how I wanted to talk about delegation because you mentioned it, Kayla, and it's so important because you and I are uh, probably a lot alike in that I, I want to do everything because if I get it wrong, it's my fault, and I'll I'll make myself accountable, hold myself accountable to that. I literally uh, said that with my bus request. I told them I was like, I'm going to do it so that if there's a mistake, it falls on me and not on y'all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I totally get that, and I can say this because I did it, <laughs> but I can also say this because I've been out of that game, and you're a veteran. Like, you can trust that guy. It sounds okay. like you have some trust in him. L- let that guy handle those things because he probably, in all likelihood, may even do it better than you do uh, because he knows the system. And if you just give him certain guidelines – uh, I want to. I want a thirty-minute buffer of when we're there. I don't know how y'all's bus system works, but if I say that I want to be there at five o'clock, then I want you to int- you to just assume that I really want to be there at four thirty, mm-hmm. and that way we're that backs everything up even more. So if you have a route driver or whatever, you're already planning for little things, and then if you just have a driver, then your bus is just sitting there waiting. I mean, you'll remember I drove all of our our trips. Yeah. If I said we were leaving at four, we were leaving at four. And that bus was right outside the locker room and I was ready to go. There was never a time where I, 
I pulled up in the bus and y'all were waiting outside and it was just like load up time. But there, <clears throat> there's intentionality behind that. It's because I didn't want to be rushed because I knew my personality type that would get me out of whack mentally. And we were, if we're getting on a bus, we're heading to a game. So like that's an, that's an area that it sounds like he can control and just breathe and let him have it. Now you may have already done it, but I did. Okay. <laughs> um, do you like meal stuff? Do y'all, do y'all have to do post game meals? Yeah, we're going to, well, no, we don't have to, but there's a tournament where it's like a back to back, I kind of like a doubleheader game, I guess, but there's a little bit of time in between. So I'm going to have to schedule something in there. Um, yeah. There's definitely ways that I can delegate tasks. I also, you know, I want them to know that I want them around and that they're important and that they, you know, they feel just a part of it and not just showing up for a game or for a practice. And so I know giving yep. roles like that helps buy in as well. Yeah. And you're, and you're going to have to do that with both of them, not just the veteran, but figure out what they're good at and, and use them. But then here's the, the challenging part for you is if it's not to your standard, just tell them. Don't be annoyed by it. Let them know, here's how I would I meant for that to be done, and can you can you get that done? And that way they know y'all are all on a, on a you know, um, you, you're fully informed. I think it'll make their relationship go much better for you uh, when you're, because you're going to nitpick the, the stuff that you delegate. I promise you, you will. No, I because I... I I do. So I, I know what you're going to do. I think the more information you give them, the less you're going to do that and the quicker and more you're going to trust them to do it. And then you're not even going to think about it because you're going to reach a point where you're like, man, this is kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get there. Yeah. I would like it, to get there. Yeah. And it's like, look, this is your, your three and a half months in year one. So you're going to build on that for sure. Uh, and, and I would just say, allow yourself to do that. Ham, it, any other tidbits of advice as far as delegating goes? You, you know her situation better than I do because AISD is going to be very similar in, in the things that she could delegate. Right. I think bus requests is, is a big one. Um, and there's a lot of little things that they're not, it's not that it's difficult or it's just, there's so many little things that you have to do that it adds up to a ton of time and I, I will say this in the years I've coached prior to coming to Mansfield and then Lamar I almost always had exclusively football coaches with me always and I mean those guys work harder at least the ones that I had to work with they yeah. worked harder than any just as hard really as any head coach and they understand being at school 24 7 because they are yeah. football coaches are there a lot longer than we are and they kind of know the ins and outs of things a little bit better. And there's just something about, you know, working it, and I was like working with Kayla was different. We never fought. Um, we never butted heads, but she's very driven. And I think that's the same type of personality you get with football coaches, very driven, ambitious. And so I think that that, um, that will only help her. That will only benefit her. Yeah. Yeah. The interim year that, that I coached the Colleyville Heritage boys, both of the assistants were football coaches. And it, it's, that was my first experience with a football coach being an assistant. And, um, both of them worked super hard, a uh, little different dynamic because I was coming from the athletic office to fill in as an interim. So I knew them, the relationship dynamic was just a little different, but 
I, I knew them prior to that too. So they, yeah, they, they just, they understand time commitment. I mean, that is the nature of the, of their sport. No, so so I, I guess I do want to, before we move on, go to, you had mentioned that it's just different for them coming from, from a boy's sport to girls and, you know, you'll know this. I think we talked about it maybe a little bit in, in part one, but what you're saying is, it, you know, the girls trying to find ways to either embarrass them, make them laugh, whatever. I, I was on a on an interview a few weeks ago, and I, I was talking with a, a coach uh, here at, at uh, Brazosport High School. He, he's the defensive coordinator, and then he's the head girls track coach. And we were just talking about the difference between, you know, going from football to girls track. And he said, you know, it's like having 40 daughters and we lost him. <laughs> I'll finish my train of thought. We'll see if she comes back. Um, he mentioned the fact that it's like having 40 daughters. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, Jerome computer died i just saw that i'm really sorry there you go all right so he mentioned the fact that going from football to girls track is like you know it's having 40 daughters and they do their best to embarrass him and all that and one of the things i was trying to explain to him i really haven't fully wrapped my head around it but i said you know the first half of my career i i was on the boys side of soccer and was an assistant with football and the second half of my career i was uh on girls soccer on the girls soccer side and assistant volleyball and one of the things and i and i told him i like i never thought i would uh coach on the girls side but one of the things that i told him was for some reason that coaching on the girls side just y'all found a way to make me smile didn't matter what my mood was like it it could make me smile, and then it just then we kind of flip that script. The boy side is just so much more serious, mm-hmm. um, and and I don't want to say that there's not smiling and you know tomfoolery and just having fun. There is that. It's just different, and I don't know how to put that into words. I guess if you've if you've lived it, you've lived it, and you know. But anyhow, I think it is hard. It you know the first year I did it, am I you? I don't know if you were still at Seguin or if you were already at Bowie, but I was the head boys coach at Kennedale. Our girls coach was pregnant and decided to stop coaching, and I took over both boys and girls, and so difficult. I, so from a from a time perspective, not a big deal for me because I, I didn't really have a problem committing the time. It was the transition from a boys practice to a girls practice or vice versa or – a boys girls game to the other uh Mm. that was tough for me to shut off one especially Mm. if something didn't go well um i need some space and some time uh specifically back then and and to then have to just flip that switch immediately that was what was so hard you know they're not doing that but they are going from boys to girls it took me a solid couple to three years maybe i don't even know that i fully had that figured out my first year with you guys at Mansfield. Um, I think had I had that, we our, that first year would have been different. So that's three years in before really I hit that phase. And, and after that boot camp year, then your senior year, I felt like it was really kind of a turning point for me 
as far as kind of figuring it out, switching uh, the sides of the gender. So <laughs> tell them it, it's going to take time. The embarrassing stuff's never going to go away. It's like a challenge for the girls to to do that. And Ham, does that, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you feel like they do that to you as well? Or is that just a, you know, something that they do with the guys coaches just to try and embarrass them? And I mean, they'll, or, or do, do, it, just... they'll do it to us as well. But it's more, they're more playful because they know that that's not going to embarrass me, you know, or right now I'm, I assume Kayla as well. But with men, you know, totally different. And they love that. They they absolutely love it. And yes, they're they're very playful. I mean, you can watch the boys practice versus our practice at any yeah. given time. I mean, they we're silly. Like we can just be really silly. Um and you know, I don't know. I think that's the best part of the job is are those moments where we get to just be <clears throat> childish again, you yeah. know. Because as you both know, that's very much my personality. Yeah, well, and, and we've talked uh, a ton, Ham, and, you know, we had so much fun on the sideline. I, I don't know that it would have been that way for at, uh, on a boys' team. It might have been because that was really a way for us to lighten kind of the mood and just kind of stay normal and, and not so uh, tightly wound. But, I mean, we probably still would have done that even coaching on the boys' side. But I, I think it helped a ton. Anyway, long story short for the guys uh, as they're – you know, the, the first year of this, tell them to hang in there. It is, it is all in good fun. And, you know, I, I would imagine based on my experience alone, and, I, and I've talked to a few other male coaches, I, you know, if I were to go back now, I, I could go back to either level. Uh, but I, if I had to choose where I was going or got to choose where I was going, I, I would most definitely, I think I would choose to go back on the girl's side. Once you figure out the, how the system works, and it took us, you know, took me two years. Kennedy was a different, you know, thing than, than Mansfield. But even year one at Mansfield, and Kayla knows this, you know, we didn't really click right. And and that's in, in large part due to me not knowing how to make that work. Because had I had the, the mentality of, of that late spring into the year two early when I moved there, uh, I think that's, you know, your junior year is probably a lot different because we had a lot of talent. We just didn't work well together. And, and I didn't manage that well. I think I was afraid to, to do things that then I, I, I realized, you know, it's no different. Just coach them. Just, you know, be mindful of words. And I, I would say to all male coaches and, and really any coach at this point, be, be mindful of physical contact. I did a lot of fist bumps, and I think that's very intentional. You know, in this day and age, you know, e even – patting on the shoulder and stuff like that while it, it can be good uh it could also it, it could also be bad like it's it's hard to go wrong with a fist bump and and people like high fives and fist bumps just as much and it, i think they can go just as far and it's it's pretty safe for them so that's the advice that i would give early on for sure is man fist bump the heck out of people be the biggest cheerleader uh fist bumps and high fives anyhow let's move on from that one of you said, trust the process. And I think it was Ham. Was it Ham? Yeah. So I just finished doing a book study with our group. It's called The Standard by Ben Newman. And I would, I would encourage you. He's got a uh, podcast out about it. So I would encourage you to go listen to Ben Newman. It's called The Burn is his podcast, The Burn. 
I don't remember the episode number, but if you just scroll through, it's it's basically it's probably um, somewhere in, in mid to late spring of 2023 where he talks about the standard. Uh, the book released in August and really a good short read. I think it's about 100 pages, if that. But in there, one of his ideas is don't trust the process. And it's, it's interesting. It threw my coaches for a loop in our discussion topics, and it was awesome. It was the first time that they have ever really responded to the contrary of the, of the topic itself. Um, I mean, how many times do we say trust the process? He is a collegiate and professional kind of motivational speaker, the guy that they bring in to, to do the stuff. Well, well, if you read the book, and, and this is what I told them at the end, it's awesome that they they didn't just respond in the in the affirmative and just follow along with whatever this, the discussion post was, because that tells me they were actually thinking about it and being like, no, you have to trust the process. His point in that chapter was trust the process, but don't just trust the process, attack the process. And so I think as you guys are talking about trust the process and then, and then you go into that next level ham, now we got to go and attack it. We've talked about what, you know, January to the end of March will look like uh, for three, three and a half months. And by, by Christmas time, that will be four and a half months. And really you're in the early phases of, of attacking it from a seasonal standpoint, but you know, as well as I do, you know, you got to be doing that stuff year round, not just when the season hits. But I think you could take that, that trust the process mantra to another level by really diving into attacking. And what does it mean to attack that process? You know, you can't just hope for something because that's what the trust piece is. Now we got to put some action to it. And, and I think that's an awesome group activity for, you know, a soccer program or any program as you're starting out. Well, what do we want to do? What process are we trusting? And then how are we going to achieve that? So what's it going to take? And that's the action piece for them. Uh, might be worth once you get your your teams formed and a little deeper dive into that. So a little sidebar. Like yeah. When you said that, I thought, mm, going to go down that rabbit hole. So Is it you said Ben Newman? Ben Newman. Okay. The podcast that he runs is called The Burn. Got it. And I will... Actually, I will try and find that uh, the podcast where he goes over the standard. It's a it's a short podcast. Um, it's probably twenty minutes, and I think only about ten minutes of it are, are actually about the standard. And then the book is, it. I mean, like I said, it's I think it's less than a hundred pages. Um, so really, really good, quick study book study. We're we're doing it. We're finishing it up right now, and then coming up with our standards. So yeah, I'll find that and I'll post it in the show notes. I'll send it to y'all in a text. Is that Amazon book? Yep. Yep. Okay. Matter of fact, I tried to get it on, on August 1st so we could do it as an August, September, and it sold out the first day. He's he's kind of big time. But it, it's it's really good. Really good. And it's a quick read, so it's you know, it's not difficult to ask somebody to do. It it's a pretty easy read too. So okay. Is it a um, is it a book that the kids could read, that the girls could read? Is it more coach-driven? Uh, I mean, I think they could. Um, I'll send y'all, when I do a book study, I, I, I break it down so that people don't have to read it. They can if they want. 
uh, it's encouraged, but I can't buy a, a, you know, 125 copies of every book that we do. Um, so what I do is I, I get a few books, a few books. And then, so my coordinators have it and I have it. And then I make a PowerPoint, basically a, a, a spark notes type or philosopher's notes, if you will, hmm. on the book. And all of the discussion topics are built off of the PowerPoint so that they don't have to read it. But if they read it, then they're just going to get more. Like it, had they read, exactly. had they read the discussion post about trust the, don't trust the process that they would have, they would have seen and known the bigger picture behind it. Uh, but I'm, it, it works so well because it told me that, okay, that the people that are responding are, they're thinking like, they're like, no, I don't agree with this guy. Well, that's good. But when you're thinking, it means there's, there's room for growth. Growth is happening there. Uh, instead of just going through the motions and typing in whatever somebody thinks you might want to, might want to hear. So I'll send that to y'all. Okay. The last time we spoke, we talked a little bit about core values and mantras we had some ideas coming out of that, uh, nothing set in stone, but let's just kind of revisit that topic. Where are we at now that we're, you know, we're heading into the end of November, beginning of December. So Ham, why don't you get us started this time? Talk about, you know, whether it's core values, mantra, just kind of, you know, the, the team talks that y'all have that are more beyond the X's and O's. How do you go about doing that and when? Um we kind of shook up the girls a couple of weeks ago we took away the captain titles that they all had so we have no captains right now um that's major on the girls side huge hurt feelings lots of conversations i had to have yeah full disclosure you'll ham will know this my biggest probably the biggest regret that i have in coaching Yep. That And there's a reason I'm saying it right now, and Ham knows exactly. I'm not going to go into yep. the story, but it, it is, I thought I was doing good. I complete, you know, completely messed up that situation. And it, and that may be what happens here, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yep. But it really was, it's, you know, it's funny because you let teams, well, I let the girls pick captains and, and, and of course, then I pick captains. And sometimes, you know, I get it wrong um, mm-hmm. or not wrong, but sometimes there are others that I think, oh, I wish I had looked at that kid more as a leader. So I just decided, it, even though I the, the two that I've selected this year, I think are amazing, but I wanted to give everybody an opportunity to sort of step into a leadership role. Um, and I've seen kids that we don't normally have step into those roles, step into them. I've also seen other kids who were captains before I took the title away really kind of dig their heels in and work to get that back. Um, so it's been interesting to watch because I wasn't sure how, if it was going to be a fail or not, I'm still, I'm still not sure, Mm -hmm. but I had to shake them up in some way that said, we're going to, we're starting over leadership is it can be anybody's anyone can be a leader. Um, who wants it? And so, you know, like I said, we'll see how that plays out, but it's been an, it's been an interesting experiment yeah. in a good way. Have you, do you, how do I phrase this? Do you find that it, your captain leadership roles, do they tend to go in the direction of skill or 
do you have some some leaders who kind of stand out that aren't necessarily the person? Yeah. Yeah, I have some leaders who it, it's funny, too, because when kids vote for their captain, then they tend to turn around and then complain about the captain. So my response is always the same. You yeah. you picked her. <laughs> you picked her. So tell me why you picked her. But I think. I don't know, Zelle. I think that there are some kids who maybe didn't step into the role because there wasn't an opportunity. But there have been a lot of surprises. Kids, I wouldn't say it's always, for me, it's not always the skilled kid that's the captain. We've had, we can all speak to this, right? I mean, Kayla and I certainly could speak to it our first couple of years. We have kids who were tremendously talented, but not um, not good teammates and mm-hmm. not coachable. Yeah. So those kids are not, and they didn't stay with us very long. So skill is great. But for me, I look for what are you doing when your teammate makes a mistake? What are you doing when you get yelled at? What are you doing when you're conditioning? What are you doing when things are hard? It's easy to root each other on when things are going well in a drill. What do you do when things start falling apart? Who are the ones that step into that role? And even more so just you know, you can see kids walk over, pick up a piece of trash and throw it away. That for me is leadership. There's no reward in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to get anything necessarily big accolades for that. But those are the things I noticed taking yeah. pride in, you know, your team and in your school. That's important to me. Um, every once in a while it works out where skill plays a part too, but yeah. I don't necessarily look for that. Yeah. I think where you find where, you know, that, that kid that will pick up the water bottle you know, from the turf room or that's by the front door with the, the carryover to the games is that kid is probably the one picking up the pre-wrap or the athletic tape that the kid takes off and just leaves on the ground. And, and it, it becomes a, you know, that, that kid's way of leaving it better than we found it type of thing. And, and that sets them apart more so uh, a lot of times than what they do on the field. So I think you're right on that. You know, Zell, do you remember, um, I know you will remember her, but uh, Jordan, who played for us? I think I remember the Jordan you're talking about. Okay. Um, Last name start with a T? Huh? Last name start with a T? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, She sent me a text a while back, and it was about uh, a kid that she was, she's a ref, she does refing on the side now. Cool. And she had texted me about a kid that was going to be coming to Lamar. And that the kid was a great leader and she was really impressed with her and is a captain on her club team and da 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 da. Well, ironically, we had been there over the summer um, doing our strength and conditioning camp. And there's this one kid who just stands out. Like she just stands out. But I've been trying to figure out who that kid was because Jordan couldn't remember the name. And so finally I said, if I take a picture of this kid, would you recognize her? And she was like, yeah took a picture of the kid. It's the same kid. Wow. So the same kid that stood out to her is the same kid that stands out to me. Like that's huge for me. Yeah. Uh, somebody else outside. I've never had that happen. Yeah. Well, I don't suspect I will. Yeah. Again, but. Well, and it's just, it goes to show that it's not just happening in front of you, that that person is living that standard beyond, you know, beyond the soccer field, beyond the campus. They're actually going out and living it, which is the whole purpose of, of that kind of stuff is it is developing those habits beyond the game. So, right. Yeah, that's cool. And even a kid you coached recognizing those leadership qualities in somebody else. Like that's, that's huge. That's huge. Yep. Yep. She was a good one. Kayla, how about you? 
So I, I've really, you know, coming in, I didn't know exactly what I was going to expect. And I have a lot of girls that are, at least at the beginning now, um, kind of one foot in, one foot out, show up, give 50%, you know, went through the motions to me at least, right? I thought that this was them going through the motions. Like, man, why are they not excited to be here every day? Why are they only showing up on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays? Why are they absent so much? Why are they tardy, you know? And so mm -hmm. I had to sit down and, cause I started to get frustrated cause I just was never that person. Like I always wanted to be there. Um, and so I sat them all down, honestly, in a classroom. I was like, nothing, just go straight upstairs. Like they had no idea. We're all going upstairs. And we just kind of started talking about the purpose as to why I was there, right? And and my mindset and what fulfilled me and all those things. And then I asked them, you know, what's your why? Because your why doesn't have to be my why, but if I know your why, then I can then help you be successful into what you want to accomplish, which then ultimately we came into like this whole team why, what is our team why? Um, but there are so many girls there, they didn't know certain things about certain teammates. And so yeah. how are you gonna help them be successful if you don't know their whole purpose of even being here? Um, and so at the end of all of it, it was, you know, I put up the, they wrote on their sticky notes, nobody knew who was who, and we put them on the board and I made this huge poster, I laminated it and now it's in their locker room. And so my hope is that it's more of a reflection as to these are the girls that you're working with. This is the reason why they're here. Uh, can you help support them maybe in the ways that they struggle or the ways that they need? So that ultimately we can reach our then what was our wide team goal at the bottom. And I will say since then, you know, I've noticed a lot of like we're not tardy to class anymore. We're we're actually present in school, not necessarily my soccer class, but in school. Right. Because that's the only way you're going to help yourself be successful to your why. Just kind of brainstorming some of those little things. And I've now seen more commitment than I did the first six weeks. You know, the second six weeks commitment has been tremendous. They're showing up to after school practices. They're there every single day. If they're not, they're telling me, they're communicating as to why they're not. Um, and so just hopefully continuing to build on your whole purpose. And then, you know, I would like to bring in, I know we talked about in the summer, a core value of it's our time. And I still want that. Um, I just didn't know the right time and the right place to bring it up. Um, I felt like there was other things that I needed to get to and before I could actually bring in that core value. And so that's my plan into off season, but unless it gets brought up sooner in season and it needs to be another, you know, reflection as to what we're actually doing and why we're doing it. Yeah. I love, I love Kayla's, um, her team bonding and what she does is so intentional every little thing she does is with great intention and thought and it's i love that i love to see that you're doing that with those girls because they i suspect some of them may not even know what their why is they've never they've never been asked so i love that i think that's awesome yeah what i was going to say is you know kayla and i were because ham was late getting on again it's okay um <laughs> But it, it it allowed us some some dead time to to kill. So we talked about schedules and you know Kayla, you know you'll see how the month of December goes, uh, and then you know as you hit hit into or head into your your non district tournament season, that'll be a you know another level because uh, scrimmages are scrimmages. It's it's going to give you an idea into what you have, and then you're going to go crazy during Christmas break, trying to put some different pieces into a puzzle so that it works. 
And then you're going to go test those out in tournament season. And I mean, you're going to have what you have and, and you're going to have to keep figuring that stuff out. But then what you told me was that you've got basically, if I remember about a week and a half off and yeah. before you start your district schedule. So one thing that, you know, you might consider doing only if it kind of works itself out and is right, but you got a lot of time there. We can have a lot. And if you are heading into a few recovery days, you might head into a classroom and expand your why into kind of, okay, it's our time or, or, or whatever you come up with. I know we went off on, on our time, but you could really kind of set some, some standards now. Okay. Here's what we know we can do. Here's what we've seen for the last month and a half of actual seeing other people. Um, you know, we, we've been together for a semester. Now we've been seeing, you know, other people in scrimmages and tournaments. We know a little bit about who we are. Let's figure out where we want to take this and what it's going to require to do that. Might be a good time instead of waiting until the spring and off season because you still have, you know, I'm, I'm going to assume 12 to 14 district games before you hit off season. And so it might be a practice or an exercise that, that you've discovered super valuable just in getting over a, a little hump there. So, or maybe not, maybe it's, maybe it's the off season. Um, no, and, I, I like that but, idea. But you're going to, that week, week and a half is, that's a long time from yeah. once you've started playing to then starting back up. And so I think you're going to want to probably build, to me, that, that gives you a buffer of you, you kind of get away from soccer a little bit and then get back into it after a day or two. Uh, but you're still doing something valuable for soccer. Uh, also kind of working on some of that recovery from tournament season. So it's an interesting possibility. I, I never did it because we always had a full schedule. I just I believed in a full schedule. But, it, you know, at Mansfield, we were deep enough to have a full schedule and, and we were able to go into our bench and, and rest some people and – I just thought that that was a, a valuable time. You know, Kennedale, I was probably a lot like what what you are. I, I couldn't have done that full of a schedule no. uh, because you just have to take into consideration the people you're playing consistently so many minutes. You know, a full schedule is probably detrimental to, to you, especially that early in the season. One thing I was going to say about – the thing that you just didn't quite understand is, you know, you, you graduated from Mansfield high school and you know, it's a different world. Uh, I would say even Arlington Lamar in my experience with Mansfield, Arlington, Fort Worth, that, that whole kind of Eastern DFW side or uh, Fort Worth side of DFW Lamar's probably, you know, it, it's not Mansfield, but it's also not Sam Houston. The, their whys are going to be all over the place and, and why they're tardy, why they're not there, why they play soccer. I mean, you, you might have more people than I in, in this one season that I had in my entire career whose why to play soccer is so that they don't have to go home. Oh, definitely. Like I didn't have that. But the kids that were out there for me, pretty much they wanted to play soccer. Um, and so it, you're going to find that a, a whole different compassion side is – is almost forced for you to to learn because you're going to learn things about your players that, you know, I don't even know that you thought was possible. You probably got a little bit of a look into that. I don't know, Ham, you could speak to that better at Lamar, but I, I don't even think it's, you know, 
I would think at, at um, Seguin and, and Bowie, you might have seen that more than you, you do at Lamar. That's me guessing. I think Lamar is very similar. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a different... I grew up in Arlington, so it's definitely... Yeah. The big rivalry was always Arlington-Lamar. And I went to Arlington, so they were the big... I mean, they were the big dog. Lamar was always the big dog. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, there was a time where they called them the triplets... Um, OJ Kemp called us the triplets. It was Lamar, Arlington, and Martin. Martin. Always in the playoffs, always, you know, and then that just kind of, we have just sort of slowly dropped and dropped and dropped and dropped. Um, our enrollment drops, but our kids also have, you know, very similar struggles to our kids at Seguin and Bowie. Very okay. similar. Um, food insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um you know, emotional, social, emotional stuff that they're going through, like any kids. But I don't know. I feel like it's amped up a little bit now. And I don't know if that's a sign of the times or a sign of where we're at as a school. Hmm. But or maybe it's just that I'm more sensitive to it. So I notice it more. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. But I also love that you can use that. That can be your segue into soccer or whatever they're doing. You know, if it's a student in your classroom, like, this is where you can, this is what you can do to kind of get away from that. And, yep. and Kayla's great about telling kids that I think if you remind your kids of that, that you get to be here, you get to do this, that this gets to be your way to not have to fixate on whatever you're dealing with outside of here. Yeah. Um, she's great about reminding kids that. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, it, and it's not just soccer, isn't just a place for you to go so that you don't have to go home right after school or, you feel like you're you're giving back like th- there's yes it can be that but there's going to be a standard to be here as well okay. and in order to be here you know that this isn't soccer pe you know we're, we're about to get after it type of thing whatever that is for us we're going to get after it and at the ev- end of every game we're going to walk off holding our head high knowing that we fought and we showed up to do the work uh, you know all week to and we put in that work into this game so and, and it's just a mentality shift for some schools especially when you come in as a as a first year coach to that school either knowing or not knowing what was there before you you just gotta you know and and i know kind of where you're at so i think you just it's about changing that mentality and and you're gonna you're gonna have trials in the next month month and a half you just are and and you're gonna have to work through that and work through that with them and you guys come up with those standards together, which is why I think coming out of Christmas and maybe even out of tournament season might be a great time for y'all to just sit down and, and kind of refocus, you know, take into consideration everything that's just occurred and, and uh, figure out where you are and where you want to be. So interesting. Let's, let's talk a little bit of PD professional development in the soccer world. So we are just, you know, coming off of the Tasco clinic uh, down in Galveston, uh, Kayla told me that she was there. Did not, you know, say, "Hey, Zell, let's you know go have dinner or something," because I'm only 30 minutes away. Uh, but that's okay. It's all right. That's, just like that's just like Ham being late to the to the podcast, we'll, we're going to get over it. I had to babysit four men. <laughs> no, no, okay. Uh, so. I know that Kayla was there. So Kayla, let's talk about the Tasco clinic. Uh, it was always my favorite clinic to go to, uh, but I do, let's, let's see, 
fall of 2013 would have been the last one I went to as a participant. I was there, I think, in 2016 or 17 as a speaker for a class session. The formats changed a lot. We were we were in at Blossom Athletic Complex in San Antonio on the on their two side by side <clears throat> two side by side fields doing demos. We didn't have the classroom set up except I think if I recall the first half evening and then the last day I think we did a half morning uh, at a local school. the The setup is I looked at the agenda. It's a little different now and it's in Galveston. So talk to us about Tasco. Yes. Definitely different than what you said because it was the field setup was in a ballroom. <laughs> um, yeah. No, this was my first time going. So it's my fourth year going into coaching. My first time going. Um, I'll be honest, it was it was good because I needed. You know, you get stuck on kind of doing the same things, and you need a refresher of. Okay, well, I know I need to focus on opening our hips, but what am I? I need another drill, right? And so it that part gave us a lot of options. I mean, it's also good to, you know, learn from other people. You can see, watch other people um, in games or maybe, you know, watching the boys side of practices, seeing what they do to get ideas, but to actually sit down tactically and, and watch it and see it on a screen and then see it in person and just a lot of their verbiage. Like I liked a lot of the verbiage that was used. Um, for example, somebody used punch the ball and I have never thought of it as like, oh yeah, you know, okay, punching the ball. But I think he just meant, you know, punching the ball, making it a quick, hard pass to the forward through the line. Um, I would say drive a ball. Yeah, that's right? old, old so, school. But but maybe if I say punch, it'll resonate with some of my girls a little bit better than saying drive, right? So mm. I enjoyed that part of picking up the verbiage of different people. Not only that, but I met so many people that, you know, just building those connections. Yeah. Um, and kind of hearing, you know, you start getting into the small talk of how they're running their programs or what they did or what's different about this, you know, some of the similarities and differences. Um, it's just an all around, it was a really neat experience for me. Yeah. Did you happen to go to the off season session? I think it was a classroom session. Did not, but mm. I had a friend go to it okay. and we switched notes. Gotcha. <laughs> That's the other great thing is about networking is, you know, a lot of people will go and they'll go to the same things and hang out together. You'll get to share notes. So, yeah, if you can have friends and everybody goes to something, then you can kind of, you can share. You can also video the field sessions and so that way you can go back and watch. Did you video the field sessions? No, they said that there were some people that were videoing, but there's a, um, there's links now and it tells you play by plays and then has a video of the practice going on. Oh. So you technically don't even have to video. Okay. High tech. Yeah. I would probably still video because I want it right then. Right then and there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's way different. But yeah, that's probably, I think you brought up one of the most important pieces about going is is the networking piece. You know, and you'll find the more time that you have as a head coach, you're, gonna, you're probably going to build relationships with your immediate district, the schools that make up your playing district, because you're going to be around them more. Uh, and you're going to know who those people are and, and who you're going to kind of lean on and who you, who you won't lean on. Um, but then when you go to clinics, you start branching off more and more. Uh, you know, you, you build that capacity. I would tell you another thing as far as local PD is when you're out of season or even right now, Ham will tell you I did this all the time. 
if you're not playing, go to a game. And when you go to a game, here's where I think a lot of people mess up. They go, you know, say the game starts at 7. Well, they'll show up at 6.55. The the best sessions you're going to see are the pregame. I always watch what people did in pregame. One, I wanted to, if I was there scouting, I, I want to see everybody and what they're doing, and I want to see stuff that, you know, that I may not see in the game. Uh, but I also want to know what they're doing. You want to talk about field sessions um, and Tasco, like, you get there 30 minutes early and watch both teams run through their warmups and, and, um, and, and the drills leading into a game. I think that's just as important as watching the game, if not more so, because you're going to take some of that stuff back. And then some of you are going to be like, what in the heck are they doing? <laughs> um, but there's a lot of really good stuff out there. So if you're going to scout, you know, swing through Chick-fil-A, don't go, don't go to a sit-down restaurant and get there early. That's my suggestion. And Ham will tell you. Yeah, we, like... Well, not December because we didn't play in December back then. But January we were on the road, and and now that would be December and January. So yes. uh, she's thankful that she's not coaching with me right now. No, it was fun. But, I mean, it yeah. was just fun. I don't, I couldn't even tell you how many times Zeller would stop by, pick me up. We'd go up to Dragon Stadium. We go <laughs> anywhere north of here. I don't remember if we went south of here. Did we? Zeller? No, because we were only gonna. <laughs> no, we never went south because. Our playoff competition was always going to be north of us. That was going to be the important part of playoff season. We were we were really looking at who we would face two and three rounds in. Mm-hmm. Um, not to overlook people, but, you know, going south was not a challenge. Uh, it was coming back into DFW that we needed to see, and, and our district just didn't give us the opportunity. So we did that in, in tournament season and then in scouting. We were pretty intentional about seeing – we knew who to go watch, mm-hmm. um, so it was. We, well, we would go to we would go to tournaments, and then even sometimes we would just stay and watch the teams, or even just the like Zell said, the pregame of other teams that we might not ever see, but yeah. just wanted to get a look at them. Um, yeah. It was fun. The level of soccer is just it's unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, y'all are in a hot spot for tournaments and, or or um, just professional growth anytime you want but i would also extend that when you when you develop good friendships then you mm-hmm. can start talking to people that you know and trust that you you really admire their programs and go spend an afternoon or two with them and they're they're gonna let you you know anybody worth their salt is gonna let you come watch because uh, they want to share okay so here is an interesting way that i think i want to end i, I think the last time we may have ended with favorite quotes and we started with, I'm not going to do that to you. So you can put the phone down. I have a, I have a different way of, of <laughs> I have a different way of ending this one. I think it might be interesting. We started with favorite stories and we ended with quotes. I think what I want to do now is have you started looking at week one of training and what does day one look like of after school soccer practice? Mm. like after tryouts that are okay so what does tryouts look like how many days and then when you are done with tryouts that i guess is what you're calling your official day one what what, are the, what does that look like so let's just break it down do both of you do tryouts starting monday mm-hmm. how many days are your tryouts three three so i'll do three of 
tryouts. I'll make cuts on that Wednesday, but I won't tell teams until that Friday. Okay. And then Did, you want to give your reasoning for that, Kayla? Because I like it. Yeah. Um, it's it kind of keeps people on their toes because I still, like you said, you know, you have those bubble kids, and sometimes I don't. I need to see them with everybody else. Like I know who's going to make the team, but I also need to see them without people that are around them. Um, and so I do it one to keep people on their toes Two, it gives an extra sense of urge and push. Um, and just to let them know that just because you made a team doesn't mean you're going to be on the team that you want. Um, and so I, I like to see how they work under pressure. And so that Friday they've worked under pressure. Let me see how they, are you capable of being on this team based off of the pressure that you've just put on yourself? Ham, I can't remember if I did this your year. I know I did it the year before, and I and I think it might have been the first year I ever did it. And you know, there, there's a reason I did it. But tell me if you remember this. And I actually I liked it. The players that I knew 100% were making varsity. 100% they were done because I had had them. We, we didn't have a lot of um, dual sport athletes in, at Mansfield. So I, I knew what my teams were in, in my head pretty early. Um, but we had to have tryouts. It was part of district policy. So uh, we did that the same Monday after Thanksgiving. Those those 100% varsity players for me, that, that means they had passed the, you know, the skill piece, the the work ethic piece, character, all the stuff. Um they didn't come to day one and that allowed me to just be with the, the kids that I thought were probably bubble to sub, to sub varsity to cut kids. Um, and I'm pretty sure I started that the year before you got there, but a, a lot of things were on my shoulders that year. And I, I needed to, I needed to have a smaller number. And that, that was really my only rationale for that because you, you guys know I, I'm, I'm a day one of school. I like to start. So I don't like to waste days on paper, you know, paperwork and physicals. You have the stuff done. We're, we're going day one. Uh, but I did like it from the standpoint that I was able that year to be present with the kids that were going to be on JV and not be distracted by varsity. It's kind of cool. I don't remember if I did that your year or if we split. Do you remember at all? We split. And we had, remember, too, that we had three teams. Yeah. So we had a lot of kids out there and, but it was the same thing. Cause we had pretty much, we didn't have a whole lot of new kids just show up. Yeah. So we sort of knew who was going to fit where, um, but yeah, we had a ton of kids out there. Yeah. Well, in that year, the varsity was, you know, quite a few of those girls came in with me their freshman year and, uh, you know, about half of that group that would have been seniors. I think there were probably 12 or 13 seniors that year, probably about, I don't know. I would say four to six of those girls at some level played varsity their freshman year. I think a few started and some came off the bench or, or bubble played for us. But then that next year, probably Kayla's senior year, quite a few of those uh, of that makeup of that team was sophomore, I think. So there, there wasn't a whole lot of question uh, on, on that, that varsity group that year. Uh, they, they were pretty much all returning. Them and and little miss Hannah, who she fit right in. So she was the one, the one outsider who quickly was not an outsider. So, uh, she contributed immediately. Uh, anyway, I just thought that was an interesting take. I, I had never done it before that, but it worked really well. And I think from a, from a JV perspective, uh, 
it, it allowed me some time to be there. I don't know if y'all are at the, and I wouldn't do that just anywhere. Uh, I just had that one. It, it was by necessity uh, from a soccer coaching standpoint. And then from a numbers standpoint, uh, it just, it worked. And I, I thought it worked well that for that group. So anyhow, okay. So three to five days, we'll call it for tryouts. So what does day one of actual practice look like? You've now you've got your, let's just say varsity. You've got your varsity team. What's day one look like for y'all? For me, it's because we will have some new faces. We will have some, I mean, primarily we'll have some faces that won't be with us. So that dynamic changes a little bit. So for me, I want to make sure that we're building those relationships and we're, especially for the new kids that might be coming in. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a delicate situation too, because some of those kids will still be in the varsity class. Oh. Um, so it's going to be, you know, it's, it's, I have to be really, um, tactful, I mm. guess I'm trying to say about what I do and, yeah. um, that type of thing. But I think for me, the biggest thing is going to be, okay, this is it. This is us. This is our varsity family. Let's go. And we just have to hit the floor running like immediately. Yeah. So, you know, as much as you'd like to have multiple athletic periods and, you know, it, it works it, and it works well because you can. You can focus your attention on that skill level. But what you just said is the nice part of, of our makeup with just one athletic period at Mansfield. It, they were all in the same period, JV yeah. to varsity. And, you know, we could separate that way. So having the problem with a, a kid that's in the varsity class, not make varsity. And I'm assuming you're, you're saying that because they either got cut or they're on JV one. Correct. So, and then you're, you know, in our case at Mansfield, we would they would just be with the JV one because we had one athletic period. It it, it is difficult. You need some support. Although we did it with just two people, um, you know you have to be intentional. But it it does make it nice for that reason and probably that reason alone. We actually are thinking about. We've been throwing around the idea of doing that second semester. Hmm. So Do we'll it. see. Yeah. Do you have one or two periods, Kayla? I have two, but I have my varsity and JV together. JV two is in another class period. Oh, so see, I, I like that. I won't have that issue. Yeah, I do like that that setup because I do like, and you guys will know this. I sometimes you don't have a deep enough varsity or or mm -hmm. a large enough varsity to to really do some full sided against each other. So I do like to go JV one against varsity. It's not the always the best, but at least you get some you get some play and it, it's a good competitive uh, matchup. It's, it's more of a defensive practice for the JV and an, and an offensive practice for the varsity. But, you know, when you flip flop and you put your starting defense on your JV's defense, you can, you can do some flipping just so that you can strengthen the JV defense that your varsity is going against. But yeah, I do like that model. I hadn't thought of it that way. All right. Kayla, what's day one look like for you? Well, I don't have that issue. So we are hitting the ground running. I mean, oh, music to my ears. It'll it'll probably be one of the most intense practices for them, just so that they understand. Yeah, this is the team that we've made. These are the standards that we've. I've set them over and over again. Now you're officially in it. You're involved in it, um, and we've got to lead from that way. Gotcha, gotcha. One question about the assistant coaches. I was going to come back to. For you, Kayla, have you thought about what a game looks like for you with your assistant coaches? How how much 
how much leeway do you give them? How much freedom? How much are you going to step in on your JV1 and JV2 games? When it comes to the coaching aspect or like the warm up, the everything. These are things oh, that have you thought I, about it? I build from the down up. So whatever my varsity is doing in a game warm up, that's exactly what they're doing. Yep. So on on the coaching aspect, I think I have to coach them on how to coach soccer wise, yep. just terminology and stuff. Um, uh, but that's a great question. I really haven't thought too much of it other than you just, we're going to replicate what the varsity does. So the transition is easy, but on the whole coaching aspect, I mean, yeah. That's yeah. So I asked that for a very specific reason. I can, I can envision you because remember we're a lot alike coaching for three games and it, and kind of stepping on the toes of your assistant coaches. We talked about delegating. Uh, there's going to be some times where you kind of coach. I would offer up to you coach through your assistant coach so that, so that the players um, have that level of respect and kind of build a relationship with their coach. You're going to talk from time to time, but I could see you kind of getting after it on the sideline. Bring like I can't remember what I would have like gum or uh, like a, a tootsie roll pop or something like that. It, have some way to just kind of sit back and then talk through your assistant coach so they can be that person um, doing some of that stuff. So and, and you're not going to burn yourself out because honestly, you're <laughs> a game is draining for you as well. You're not running up and down the field, but like you're in it. And if you're going to be in it for three games, by the time you get to the varsity game, imagine them playing three games back to back to back. It is, and it's not the same, but I would tell you, be cautious of that early on. You're going to want to overcoach. So have kind of envision what a game looks like in your head and, you know, role play that out some and that would be the the next big thing I would think about. You're going to come into scrimmages and coach. Everybody's coaching kind of a lot in scrimmages, but what does January look like when that first game rolls around for your JV two? Yeah, and then your JV and then varsity. So, good advice. Thank you, Ham. Anything on that? I think, um, you know, I I get the benefit of knowing who Laswell is, Coach Laswell, your assistant, and I think his comic relief and his um, motivational style with kids i mean you can utilize him you know he may not know the minutia of stuff and he'll learn just like your other assistant i'm sorry i don't remember his name but use them find out where they're strong where their strengths are and then you know this and then just use them in that way and he'll be a great benefit to you in that regard because you you get invested and there's nothing wrong with that but i think he'll be a great person that can say hey take a deep breath step back a step you know what i mean He'll be good in that regard. So use them where their strengths are. Yeah, definitely. Thank yeah. you. You might have to remind them the techni the coaching technical area. They're used to having a very oh. wide, uh, long walking range. True. <laughs> and I, it, I have seen many of football coaches end up inside the 18 on the sidelines. Um, so... May want to have I've some seen small Kayla talk with Casio end up inside the eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> I just let her because I mean, just let her go. Yeah, she's saying what's important. They need to hear it. Nobody ever says anything to her. They couldn't hear me. Yeah, and, yep. and most people won't 
uh, you'll, they'll come across some officials and we're like, what are you talking about? I'm coaching my kids. Yeah, do that from back there, buddy. Yeah. Or when you <laughs> sit on the same sideline and they, they go 20 yards into the other coach's coaching zone. That's true. So, <laughs> good times. All right. Well, that's all I've got for today. Do you all have anything you want to end with? No, thank you. I'm, this is so much fun. Like, I I enjoy this. Our second time to do it. Um, I love it. So thank you for having us. Yeah. Sure. I will want to do a, a postseason post wrap-up. And maybe even into May to where we do a postseason and uh, early off-season. Because I think you can get a two-for-one out of that instead of doing a fourth. Uh, otherwise, we just do these quarterly and uh, see where everybody's at. <laughs> <laughs> which we, which we may do as well. But uh, yeah, let's look at, you know, maybe late April or May and see how the season went, how off season is going and all the good stuff. All right. So homework, Kayla, our time. Our time. Yes. I need to come up with that. <laughs> or, or whatever. That's going to be the next question on, on uh, part three, by the way, you guys will be excited to know that y'all's first episode ranked number two among all of the episodes so far. I Who believe I believe this will be episode 21. The only person, for the longest time, Terry Wurzbacher yeah. is holding the number one spot. Her part two is, is out in front of y'all by around 15 uh, views or listens. And then for the longest time, her part one was number three. And my uh, Brazos Wood softball coaches have just bumped her out of the three spot by, I think, a couple. And so she's now sitting at one and four. But, yeah, y'all's part one is has set at number two, pretty comfortably number two for quite a while. Nice. So we'll see how we'll part improve, two. Kayla. We'll see how part two uh, fares. So, <laughs> but yeah. I guess y'all do have friends. So there we go. It's uh, it's Kayla's people. <laughs> yeah. Kayla. yeah. No, my dad's just so happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, most of my friends are my age and don't know how to access it. So that's a problem. Continued technical difficulties. Oh. Yeah. All right, y'all. So I will talk to y'all later. Good have luck. Good I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be following y'all. Beach visit anytime. The For beach sure. right now is flipping awesome. The, the water uh, is, you know, like you're not getting out into it, but you can, we, we went and walked, uh, last, uh, we went and walked Saturday and you get like ankle deep and it, it's the first time it hits, it's cool ish, but then it's, it's awesome. And there's not many people. So that's what we do. Ankles deep. Men. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All yeah. right. Yeah, open invitation next time you're in Galveston for Tasco, Kayla, a phone call. I don't have to babysit four men. Got it. You you don't have to babysit four men anyway. I would, but I was I was just one. Just leave them at the convention center. I should have, because I was the driver. (laughs) They can Uber or whatever. Or let me know that you're going. We go to Galveston for dinner every now and then. So. Got it. Noted. Yep. All right. I like it. All right. We'll see y'all later. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. See ya.